Hello, and welcome back to the Women Developing Brilliance podcast. On the show, we talk about the spirit of business for lightworkers and leaders, including sharp strategies, mindset techniques, and marketing tips. So today, we're going to be addressing a question that came from Michelle, who is a member of my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where really the conversations either start from or continue on in this podcast. So it's a pretty cool dynamic combination. So there's the Women Developing Brilliance podcast and Facebook group, and we use them in tandem to engage. So let's dive right in. Her challenge, which she is not alone, many entrepreneurs face these exact same challenges, so I think it's an excellent thing to talk about. What she says is, I need growth in areas of communication to help me convey leadership, confidence, and healthy assertiveness slash professional boundaries. I'm having some challenges in these areas, and I think it's sabotaging me. So many important, wonderful points here in the topic. So let's break it down just a little further, one piece at a time, and talk about the mindset and action needed to really get on top and optimize each area. I'm actually just going to repeat her query again, so you can just kind of get the feel for it. I need growth in areas of communication to help me convey leadership confidence, and healthy assertiveness slash professional boundaries. I'm having some challenges in these areas and think it's sabotaging me. So the first is communication. And to be an excellent communicator, we need to be clear, concise, and consistent. I think one of the biggest areas here is being specific. In fact, I have an example. I was reviewing a client letter to an executive that she wanted to interview for her signature program. Now, her real desire was twofold. First, she wanted to interview this uh, leader, but second, she wanted to also pitch her program to the organization that the woman was the head of. So after reading the letter, it was super clear that her program was valuable. She did an excellent job at being concise and really pulling out all of the hooks or the value adds of the program, and also put the question in as far as wanting to interview this woman. But the pitch was left off. So she did not continue on to say, it would be awesome, or how can we bring this to your organization? So she really only did half of her initial intention. And a lot of times that has to do with confidence, and we're going to chat a little bit more about that, but we really need to be specific in what we want in our communication and clearly define our ask. Now, this applies whether you are emailing or whether you are on a discovery call or a strategy session. We have to be very clear and define our ask. So one, we have to be very mindful It has to be like an intention that we're holding space for, and we want to make sure that we're not forgetting such a big chunk of what we want. So I can tell you, um, you know, many, many times I've heard clients say, well, they should see the value of my service and come to me. I hear this a lot. In fact, I just had a conversation yesterday with another client that was saying, 
this person really needs my service. I'm at the top of what I do. Why didn't they just come to me and ask me? And honestly, in reality, it doesn't work that way. We have to make sure that the information we're given is really on point. So we're really set up to receive the best outcome from from the response, from the reply. Again, whether that's like over Zoom or through email. So let's put an actionable tip in place. Say you are writing an email. I want you to do a once over pass. Now, I like to think of it as mindful emailing. And it's something that I've put into place probably for at least a good year now. When I first heard this, I was like, oh man, that's awesome. That's something that I really resonate with. That's something that I want to employ daily. And I honestly think about it every single day. Not only think about it, but I put it into practice. So say I compose a note, then I take a few deep and slow breaths, and then review the email from the recipient's point of view. I make sure that my intention is clear, that my tone is warm, and honestly, almost always, I have to make a few minor tweaks And then I can happily press send. Now, interestingly enough, I want to include here, and this just happened right before I pressed record, and I was like, oh, perfect. I'm actually going to include this in as um, something that is not done right. So I was looking at another program. It was actually a leadership program. And they saw that I was on their website, and they actually had a little bot capture my email address, and they sent me a follow-up email. And in the email, it was like, hey, we see that you're looking at our program. Um, I'm so-and-so, a representative of the program, and I would love, if you have any questions, to reach out to me. I'll be your point person. I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, and I appreciated it. And I, you know, I wrote them a few questions and a few concerns that I had, and I asked their input on something. And they replied and basically said, awesome, we're so excited you are joining our program. Um, Can't wait to see you on the inside. So it clearly showed me that they did not read my email fully, that they just scanned it and assumed that I was joining when actually I had a pretty significant question and concern before pressing go. So that's an example of not being mindful in your emails. And moreover, it actually missed the mark of what I consider good leadership to be, right? Because they weren't putting into practice what their whole program embodied. So very important. The other thing I think, because we're so used to immediate responses that sometimes we act in haste to get back to somebody right away, whether it's through a DM on Instagram or Facebook Messenger or even through email, um, I often see, you know, even little things like typos or something big, like she actually missed the whole point of my, you know, email Um, And all of those things are reflections of who you are and the type of communication that you give and the type of person that you would be, you know, that, that you are to be like in a relationship with. So they may seem minor, but they're actually really, really important. So definitely take practice of that mindful email. I think you're gonna really not only calm your nervous system, Because when we're in this like fight or flight mode and I have to respond super quick, that's very jarring to continually keep your nervous system at that heightened level. So I guarantee you're going to feel much more calm at the end of the day. That's kind of a beautiful, beneficial side effect 
but I also feel that it's going to improve your relationships and how you communicate with someone because they're going to feel that you took the time and you were thoughtful and mindful in your communication. So that's awesome. All right. So the next part of the scenario was leadership. And I love leadership. It is such a big and worthy subject. It's something I'm getting more and more involved in in 2021 as I continue to pivot and scale up in my own life and the type of clients that I really get pumped up helping. So it's interesting because, in fact, now more than ever, our world leads eff- like needs effective leaders. Like, we need it. Um, I think we're really in like a scenario that we are under constant fire. I mean, really even figuratively and literally. So to have a leader that has that emotional intelligence, that has that connected compassion, man, it's it's honestly like a soothing bomb, really. Um, a bomb for your soul. <laughs> B-A-L-M, right? Not B-O-M-B. So anyway... It's interesting because as leaders, we need to be willing to go first. We need to be willing to take risks and commit to making the world better, starting with our own self. So I want to just point out, and it is the obvious, I feel like I'm stating the obvious, but leadership cannot be learned from a book. I mean, of course, we can get some basic principles, we can get the language, But in order to live it, we have to practice it. We have to embody it. It would be like trying to become a Taekwondo master by just watching YouTube videos, right? It would be pretty impossible without physically training and embodying the practice within our own cells, within our own body. So I believe that true leadership, right, the act of influencing others begins with self-leadership. When we can move from theory to practice to self-mastery, then we're going to have a great effect and we're going to be able to influence others. Now, it's pretty obvious when someone has their shit together. I mean, you can tell when someone has their life dialed in, right? Not the phony Instagram highlight reel, but authentically by the way the person talks, by the way they act. I mean, really right down to their complexion and the, and a sparkle in their eye. And I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about the glossed over version, but that general vibe that we can really pick up on. And I think in general, because we're constantly being bombarded with marketing, we're getting really good in the digital arena of sensing authenticity Someone said to me, like, we're getting very attuned in, like, the bullshit meter. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something to really, really, you know, be thoughtful of. So if you're asking, how do I be a good leader? My best advice is to start practicing self-leadership, focusing on categories that make exceptional leaders, like communication, which we just talked about, discipline, right? So the micro habits that you can focus on as you inch towards your short-term and your long-term goals. You know, we talk a lot about clarity is power. So really being so clear on where you want to go and what are you doing this for? What's your identity? Like what juices you up? And where are those lines and those benchmarks that you're inching towards 
And what are those micro habits that you can put into place every single day, right? Can you bring your highest self to the table when it comes to resolving personal conflicts? That's huge. I mean, it is amazing how many things right under our own roof can be fodder for our success. There are so many opportunities to see the things that are happening in your own family life, with your own personal relationships, even with your own commitments to yourself. How can you continually improve your personal best? So ask yourself, what can I learn from these situations? How can I practice leadership in my own home? Practice making quick and decisive decisions. And even if it's, again, starting small, you can even do little things like, what movie should we watch tonight? What's for dinner, right? Because it's the little things that create the habit of self-reliance, right? And so that that whole reliancy is such a big, big part of powerful leadership. And before and you know it, like if you start putting this into practice, it's interesting because you will have just put all those key aspects of powerful leadership into action, starting with communication, goal setting, habits, discipline, decision making, and consistent performance. I mean, it's pretty cool, actually. So the next piece of that scenario that we chatted about is confidence. This is a, it's a big one. It's huge. This area in my mind should be front page news. It is the number one thing that I wished I focused on when I started my very first business 30 years ago. So confidence is like a muscle. There is some stress first before it grows. No one can give you confidence. In fact, years ago when I was struggling to go live on Facebook for the very first time, I enrolled in a courageous confidence club. I read countless books on the subject. I purchased programs on how to be more confident. And to be honest with you, none of it worked. I really didn't. I mean, I just kept trying and I kept thinking something was wrong with me. And I was like, why can't I get this? Like, and people would say, oh my gosh, you're so confident. You have, you have this like dialed in and I'd be like secretly thinking that's, you know, can't be anything further from the truth. So it wasn't until I became sick of my own story that I had the moxie to practice it and just do it. I mean, that is truly what it was like that beautiful quote from, uh, I believe it's Ani Nin, where the bud, it becomes too painful to stay in that bud stage, that it has no choice but to blossom. And that's exactly how I felt at that turning point was like, I have absolutely no choice but to bust through and change this state and transform and, and just do it. And it wasn't easy, but it definitely did not come from books and programs and listening to other people's confident stories. You know, it really was like an internal thing. Um, I would have to say that if there was one resource that really did move the needle for me in this arena, it was Mel Robbins' five-second rule, which is basically a strategy to bypass our mind by counting backwards from five, four, three, two, one, and then take off. And that takeoff is really like, take action now, no second guessing. Because really nine out of 10 times, if we allow our mind to stay in that, you know, perfectionistic mode, it will always lean towards procrastination 
And honestly, it will continue to be something that you desire that's on your to-do list and that absolutely feels like a maddening groundhog day that you just can't break the cycle. So that particular resource was very, very helpful for me where it was like, boom, do not second guess, five, four, three, two, one, boom, press the go live, write the article, send the email, you know, commit to the proposal, whatever the action was, that really, really helped. So the more you put yourself out there, and you've heard this before, and you share your work, the more confidence will naturally grow. It will not come from your mind, trust me. If it, if it did, I, I would have <laughs> mastered it a long time ago because I stayed in my mind for a really long time. So I can confidently tell you that it will not come from your mind. It won't come from a book, and it won't come from someone else. It has to come from within. Now, another big piece that I personally struggled with and helped my clients overcome is healthy assertiveness and professional boundaries. Now, first off, I want to invite you to look at your personal life first. Where do you currently, in your life, allow lines to be blurred? Where in your life could you exercise speaking up, saying no, and laying down a line? Now, we bring ourselves with us wherever we go, including our workplace. In fact, our work is really a reflection of our personal life and vice versa. You've probably heard how we do one thing is how we do everything in life. I am a fan of that. I believe in that. So start there. Start using your voice in areas that you bump up against in your personal life on a daily. And again, it's a practice. And this is all about practice over perfection right? There is never that end destination. It is all truly, truly about the journey and just improving just a little bit, just a little bit, right? Here's a pro tip. When you do assert a boundary, I want you to celebrate yourself for it. You can even say, hey, that's like me. You can pat yourself on the back, like literally pat yourself on the back. You can give yourself a high five, right? You will be rewiring your brain And get a little shot of the feel-good hormones of dopamine. So as with anything we do, we are motivated by feelings. So remember to acknowledge your assertiveness, especially if this is one that you've struggled with for a long time. It's really easy to just kind of like move along and not acknowledge it. And we are doing ourselves a disservice if we do that. So It will give you a sense of satisfaction and it will be easier for you to put down another healthy boundary and another healthy boundary and another healthy boundary after that if you acknowledge it and just reward yourself with something super simple is like, yeah, that's like me. I did it. Awesome. How do I feel? Let me tune in, right? So self-care is a must. It is not selfish. And boundaries do not mean that you are a bee. Really, people secretly appreciate boundaries. And in many times, if not all times, they will respect you for setting them. So try it in your own life and see and experience it and let me know. I'm celebrating you. I'm holding that sacred space for you to set down those healthy boundaries and see how it starts shifting things. I will actually even say that you most likely will start to even see improvements in your health because there are many different health conditions 
that science has actually shown that when we don't have boundaries, the body can actually start to manifest things physically. I see this actually coming up in autoimmune situations where the body kind of turns on itself. And so I really invite you to do this with a curious mind and an open heart. And if it's something that you've struggled with in the past to set boundaries, once you start setting them and celebrating them, I want you to tune into your body and see if your health is improving, even micro improvements. You know, it's it's unbelievable. Again, I've seen this personally in my life, so I can absolutely attest to it. When I started putting in more boundaries, I had health conditions improve. When I had no boundaries, when I was answering emails at all times of the day, when I didn't have the inner confidence to say no, and I was just a yes person, and I was a jump how high. What do you need? I'll do it. When? I'll do it. Jump how high? I definitely experienced personal um, issues in Raynaud's where you get those red, white, and blue toes, and it's really painful. And when I started shifting and really prioritizing my self-care, putting in the boundaries, having hard stops and hard no's, not doing anything else, not taking any medications, I started seeing improvements with the Raynaud. So I personally can see the importance because I've experienced it with boundary settings. So one simple boundary that you can implement today is creating an autoresponder for your emails. So one that shares that in order to stay focused on your deep work blocks and experience the work-life balance, you only check emails twice a day. And you get to decide on what those times are for you. I actually have a coach. She checks emails at noon and at eight. She's got an autoresponder in and it's like, hey guys, thanks for your note. As you know, I only check emails at noon and eight in order to strike the work-life balance, X, Y, Z, whatever her personal language is. I will get back to you in a timely fashion so you can clearly communicate what your typical response time is. And at first when I got that, I was like, whoa, like, okay, huh? And wow, this girl has it together. She's not messing around. She's actually being a leader that is showing an example to us as what it actually looks like to put in a healthy boundary. It wasn't mean, it wasn't hard, but it was clear. And I had the expectation outlined that if I sent an email, I'm not gonna get a response within the hour, right? And that's a good thing because uh, it also instills self-leadership and self-reliability, like that reliance factor, which are amazing traits that any coach can help show and help you cultivate within you. So, This one strategy is a game changer. Now, sometimes I keep this on personally all week, and other times I just put it on over the weekend. Just kind of depends on my flow. But I know both as a recipient of this message and as an implementer of this strategy, it is a powerful, healthy boundary. It's free to implement, and it makes a huge difference. So as far as the sabotaging part of the initial concern goes, I want you to remember that you get to create the rules. The fact that you're mindful of these gaps is huge. 
And now you can put things into action to patch up the gap. So to be a successful leader, you have to put in the hard work. You have to have those challenging conversations and show up consistently in order to inspire. The cool thing is, if you're listening to this podcast, I know that you're willing to do all of that and more to be the exception and to live life on your own terms, one that without even knowing it, you're actually paving a road to leave a legacy, which is pretty amazing. So let's start first with self-mastery. Let's exercise practicing concise communication with clear asks, mindful emailing to ensure your message is coming across the way that you're intending it to. Look at ways you can be an effective leader for yourself first by implementing micro habits and practice quick decision-making, and then also exercise your confidence muscle by gently stressing it, gently stressing it, so it can grow little by little, day by day. And then put in that autoresponder. Try that email autoresponder to lay down a healthy boundary that's something that you can absolutely do today. So these acts will no doubt propel you forward and fast. Now, as always with anything, tune into your gut, do what feels good to you, be uber clear on how you want to feel, and practice gratitude for all that you already have. So intuition, feelings, and gratitude, they are the trifecta that will enhance your progress and happiness. I don't know about you, but I have both hands raised. Yes, please. I want all of that. So Michelle, I hope that my A to your Q helps. Let me know how it goes in the Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. And to all the listeners, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. And if you have a question, you can send it to me at kc at kcrossi.com or post it in the Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, and I will create an episode just for you. Until next time, my friend, breathe joy.